0: So probably one of the toughest times of service I had in the the department and maybe even one of the most rewarding uh, in regards to being able to help people was back in 2001. I think the incident actually happened on July 8th, 2001, but I wasn't sent down there for until about a week after the incident happened, a week and a half. So it would have probably been around July 15th, July 20th, 2001. Uh, On July 8, 2001, southern West Virginia, uh, Wyoming County, Kanawha County, Raleigh County, those counties down in southern West Virginia got hit by a pretty bad flood and it basically wiped off many, wiped away many places, buildings and residences in southern West Virginia. Uh, that was I believe, and I believe that's Troop Six down there. So what they were doing, they were rotating troopers in and out of there on a one-week detail. So basically, you had to grab a four-wheel drive. You had to take a four-wheel drive. I didn't even have one issue to me, but one of my fellow troopers at the Romney detachment did. So I swapped vehicles with him. He got a two-thousand Jeep Cherokee that's four-wheel drive. had to be four-wheel drive because the roads were washed out some of the places the bridges were washed out it was pretty pretty rough going down there so I had federal court the following week and I was supposed to be down there for a minimum of five days five to seven days I think is what the the detail of the tour was but the first sergeant I had at the time was a real asshole And he didn't like me anyway, and he demanded that I be the one sent down. One of the other troops wanted to volunteer, one of the troops that had more timing than me, who didn't have federal court the next week, whose tour wouldn't have got cut short due to federal court subpoena. And the first one's like, Nope, Mason's going. Okay, well, you gotta follow orders. Wasn't real happy about it. So I packed my bags and I headed down south to the southern part of state. And actually, we were supposed to meet at troop headquarters, troop six headquarters, I believe the next morning. I don't think it was the same day. So I think I went down the day before and I had to stay at one of the local hotels down there. They had had a to- hotel already picked out for the troops to stay at. I had to use my uh, state government credit card, which was a big no-no back then, and I had special orders, so even though they didn't like it, there had to be some way they could pay for my room and my meals for the day, so I packed my bags and headed down south, and didn't really see a whole lot of flood damage before I got to uh, the hotel, and... The next morning, I'm pretty sure it was the next morning, I had to report over to Troop 6 headquarters for a briefing and to get information as to where it would be assigned for the detail because there were several little towns and cities down there that had been affected by the flooding, and they were parceling us out um, because we didn't have a lot of troopers anyway. I think our strength was around 670, 680 back then, even though we were legislatively approved for 700 so I get up next day early and I head over to troop 6 headquarters which was there in Beckley in Riley County and I think there was probably somewhere around 75 to 100 troops uh, that had just shipped in and they were in attendance for this meeting And a Troop 2 captain came in. I don't remember what his name was at the time, but it's been too many years ago. It's been 21 years ago. But the Troop 6 captain came in and briefed us and said we'd be assigned uh, to different locations and a different task. And we were all told to report to the first sergeant, who was the unseen incident commander in the little town called Mullins. which I never even heard of Mullins before this flood, before getting detailed down there. So as ordered, we all reported over to the, uh, to Mullins, to the command post there in Mullins. And basically they briefed us and then they divided us up to, uh, Sergeants or whatever to go take care of details, but basically I was stuck with a troop that was uh from Doddridge County, and he and I were partnering up to go do traffic control in the town of Mullins, control traffic going in and out of Mullins. And as we left the command post, we started passing some of the troops that was coming off the night shift, because this was early in the morning. They were running twenty-four hour shift, twelve-hour shifts. 24 hours a day, around the clock. And I think this went on for probably about a month. And we encountered some of the troops coming off post. And, man, it just looked like they had their ass handed to them. They were filthy, dirty. Uh, Some of them had been out patrolling on four-wheelers. Had been going up hollers and little crooks and nannies in the counties. Looking for survivors, looking for bodies. Um... And basically they had told us, a couple of them that talked to us on the way down to our details, had told us that the worst places that they had been were Pineville, the little town of Pineville, or city, and the little city of Oceana. I think Pineville was the worst. Of course, we were in Mullins, and they told us Mullins wasn't no cakewalk either. It was pretty bad. So they sent me in this other troop that they paired me up with. This I was just a trooper. This other guy was a... I believe he was a senior trooper. I don't think he was a trooper first class. He could have been. But they sent us to the east side of town. And I think the road was Route 54 but or Route 16. but I can't remember the road designation name or number too much. But I know it was on the east side of Mullins. And it was off a main route. And there was an entrance. Well, there was a road into the city there from that feeder road and that's where they they were running tractor 18-wheelers in and out of town the 18-wheeler would go downtown they would park there was front-end loaders that it was an open bed 18-wheeler or an open top not open bed it had three sides of it like almost like something you'd hog like grain or something or coal in. um and it was an 18-wheeler semi-truck And they would pull those big trucks down on the streets, park them right in the middle of the street because there was nowhere else to park them. There was so much debris and all. And then there was front-end loaders going down just scooping this crap up off the streets with people's belongings in it, people's mementos, trash, you name it. It had everything in it. And it was all going right into those big trucks. And then they were hauling it out, I'm assuming to a temporary landfill somewhere because I don't think they had a landfill in Wyoming County back then. I think they had one in a neighboring county, but they were taking it out to a temporary landfill and dumping it and coming back. So there would be anywhere from, in one 12 hour shift, uh, I'm guessing probably 24, 20 to 20 some, 24 some tractor and trailers going in and out there. Uh, They were running nonstop. One would get loaded, as soon as it would get loaded, it would go out. Uh, Another one would come in its place. It would load it. As soon as it would get loaded, it would go out. Another one would come in its place, and it just went on like that around the clock. We ended up getting the lucky shift. We got the day shift, which I believe was from 6A to 6P. I think that's how they were running their shifts, or 0600 to 1800. And We were told to stand uh, at the intersection of the main road coming down the east side of Mullins. And to to only let in first responder vehicles, tractor and trailers that were hauling stuff, hauling debris out and coming back in to get loaded, and people that had a valid reason to be there, which would normally at that point be first responders because all the businesses downtown were closed down. The way that city was broke up back then, most of the businesses were downtown and their residences were up on a second level level of the town, which was up on a hill behind the town. There was another road to get up there, but they had had problems with looters and rubberneckers, and people were coming over from Kentucky and Virginia just to see the damage, and basically just to oogle at the misery and agony of the people of the town of Mullins. And they were looting like crazy. Troops were arresting people for looting in 3 in the morning, You know, these jackasses were coming over from Kentucky, Virginia, you name it, wherever. And they'd ride down the street and see an old, they'd see a 12-pack of beer sitting on the sidewalk and they'd steal it. Well, that beer wasn't any good anyway because it had been in floodwaters. It was contaminated. Even though it was sealed, I wouldn't want to drink it because there was raw sewage in that floodwaters. And the troops were basically ordered to prevent looting if possible. We were ordered not to make any arrests. say absolutely had to. So if someone committed a theft or a crime in our presence, we kind of had to. But if it was a, a traffic violation that wasn't a serious one, you know, running a stop sign or something like that, we were basically encouraged to warn the people verbally, but not take any other enforcement action if need be, unless they actually needed to. But we were also told to check credentials if anybody wanted to get into the town. And if they did not have a valid reason to be there, to turn them around and tell them to leave. So there were a select few that, like the post office, well, I think it was I think the only thing left open in the town, the entire town. The bank was shut down, funeral home, all that stuff was shut down, grocery store, but the post office was open. I think it was on a little higher end of the town, and it got flooded, but not to where it was completely shut down. It was initially but when I got down there a week or so later, it just opened up. So, of course, the postal, the mailman, the postal inspector, and all those people we let in, it's pretty easy to identify them, but a lot of other people we turned around. And I know that we were out there at the intersection, and there was kind of two intersections, one one road coming in out of off the 54 or 16, whatever it was, into the east side of the Mullins. And then once you got in there, they had to cross some tracks, and then there were some side roads there that we had to stop traffic. If there was any traffic in town, like, say, most of what's in town was all first responders at that point. But there was some other traffic. They had let some of the council members in, and they were driving around looking at damage, and there was other politicians driving around. So there might have been some cars you had to stop, let those big trucks in and out of town. They took the right away from everybody because we were trying to get it cleaned up as quick as possible. So I was standing out on 25, or I don't 25, I don't, at the edge of 54 or 16, whatever it was, right at the edge of the the street that connected it. And the troop that was my partner was standing in at those railroad tracks at one of those other streets because we were letting trucks in and out. And a van pulled up. Guy never said who he was. we stopped I stopped him, and I said, "Sir, you know, the town's shut down, they're doing cleanup. We're trying to get it cleaned up and inhabitable, livable for well if you want to say livable where people can come back into the town. I said, most streets are blocked by debris, there's a few open, and we're we're not letting any vehicles in unless somebody has a valid reason to be here." Well, I didn't know who the guy was, and the guy got a little argumentative with me, and the other troop walked up and basically told him the same thing I told him and basically told him, since he didn't give us any valid reason to be there, to turn around and basically pound sand and get the hell out of there. Well, we didn't know it, so the van turned around and left. It was a van with some other people, and no one said anything other than they were trying to get downtown. They didn't say why, they didn't say who they were. I wasn't from there. You know, I was stationed 300 miles away up in Potomac Islands. I didn't know who that guy was or his family. Neither did the other trip. He was from Doddridge County. Well, wasn't long after that, we had some traffic backed up. We had to stop traffic out on, I had to stop traffic out on 54 or 16, whatever that road was get some tractor and trailers in and out because like I said they took price preference and we had some traffic stopped once you get into the edge of the town there because of the trucks was coming out well we got a radio we got contacted on the radio by the first sergeant at the command post wanted to know if there was an issue and we're like no sir we're just stopping traffic like we've been there's trucks going in and out we're waiting blah 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 so, he radios us back and says he's on his way. And we're like, we don't know why he's coming down here, but whatever. Well, he ends up freaking hauling ass down there in his cruiser, being followed by the same van that we had turned around probably not 10 or 20 minutes before and refused to let in town. So, he pulls his cruiser off with us. The van pulls off behind him. People stay in the van First sergeant gets out, comes stolp
1: dinner. What the hell's going on down here, Mason? And and, and the other troop, yeah, you know, the other troop's last name. Like, excuse me, sir? What the hell? This is a cluster fuck down here. What's going on down here? Blah, 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 blah.
0: Who, what's good? What are you all doing? We're like, sir, we're stopping traffic to let these trucks in and out as we were instructed.
1: We gotta get this traffic moving, blah, blah, blah. Plus, do you know who's in that van? I'm like, nope. That's the damn mayor down here. I'm like, okay, what's that mean? You all wouldn't let him in town. I
0: said, he didn't tell us who he was. And the other troop walked up and said, no, sir, first sergeant. That guy never once said who he was. He didn't say why he was here. Then he needed to get downtown. He didn't have a valid reason. or didn't give us a valid reason or any valid credentials.
1: So guess what? We turned him around. Well, we're letting him go in. We got to let the damn mayor downtown. He needs to see the damage. Okay, whatever.
0: (laughs) So we let him in. And first sergeant was out there like some kind of damn robot waving his arms and screaming at people and directing traffic in and out. He just thinks he's hot shit and he's fixing things. You know, he's fixing his cluster F. And uh, after about 10 minutes he finally all the traffic cleared up, and the trucks had stopped for a minute. And
1: there you go, boys. That's how you do it. Don't let it back up again.
0: Gets back in his cruiser and drives his lazy ass back to the command post. Or like, are you shitting me? That worthless piece of shit. He came down here just to show off for the goddamn mayor and to freaking jump our ass because the mayor went whining his ass back to him because of he wasn't let into town. I guarantee that's what the hell happened. Like, okay, whatever. But very dirty job. We wore BDUs because within the time the f- first truck went out, op- open-top truck went out with loaded with debris and trash, you were covered in dirt. I mean, it was dusty. It was dirty because of all the water had receded. Now the mud had turned to dirt, and those trucks were covered in it. The wind was blowing. It was in the middle of summer. It was hot. And every truck that went in and out just covered us with debris and dust. And I'm sure I was covered with asbestos, lead paint, and everything else known to man to cause cancer and any other damn disease. But I was proud of my service. Uh, And the people down there were very thankful. They had made signs up, says, We love our troopers, and thank you, State Police troopers. Thank you, West Virginia State Police. We love you guys. most of those people lost their homes and their businesses. A lot of them didn't have flood insurance. I'm assuming they were down in a flood plain, even though it just looked like a damn little creek going through the town. Um, but that's back when we were actually loved. They loved their troopers down south. Not as much can be said about the further north you get of Morgantown. It usually becomes more hostile toward law enforcement used to, but... Yeah, They they would go over to, they'd wait in line for hours at the Salvation Army tent just to get a a hot meal. Because the Salvation Army would set up down there giving out a hot meal, them and Red Cross and all. And then they would come back and give us their meal, or try to. And we'd refuse it, but they didn't have no food. that was Their food got washed away in the flood. They couldn't go to the grocery store. It had been freaking flooded. It was closed down. Everything was contaminated. They were trying to give us their freaking food. They give us their bottles of water from the water trucks that had been, uh, water, trucks had been uh, trucked in. The water, big packs of water. There was tractor, or big trucks of water by, uh, brought into the town by the National Guard and the Red Cross and Salvation Army and all to give out to the local residents because their wells had been contaminated from this crop and flood. Uh, and the city water was shut down. The plants had been damaged in the flooding, so they couldn't get no city water. It wasn't processed either. So the only water they could get was from those water trucks that had been busted or brought in from out of town. They were bringing us water. Here, tripper man, you've been standing here for eight hours. It's freaking hot. You need a, a nice cold drink, and they would give us their bottles of water. Then they'd go back in line and stand in line and wait for another hour to get a bottle for themselves. It's unbelievable. And they they really they really liked us. But I was only down there for four or five days, I think it was. And Sunday afternoon, I had to leave Sunday. I think I left down there around two or three. Cause I know when I reported the first morning I reported, I reported to the command post, and when the first sergeant called me in, told me where I was going, I'm like, first sergeant, I gotta let you know I've gotta leave no later than Sunday evening. He's like, do what? He's like, you're supposed to be down here for like seven days or whatever. I'm like, no, sir, I can't. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, I got to leave. i am been subpoenaed by to federal court in Martinsburg at 9, 8, at 0, 0900 hours on Monday morning. I can't get out of it.
1: He's like, who the hell was the dumbass that sent you down here? Why did they send me somebody down here that could be here for a week? I said, well, sir, that would be my first sergeant. And I gave him my name, and
0: I said, I'd suggest if you have any problems, you call him. Because he was
1: adamant that I was the one to go. I just may do that, Mason. That's bullshit.
0: I don't know if he ever did. But, but yeah,
1: it was probably about 1230 or
0: 1230 hours or 1300 hours, one eight one p.m. on Sunday. <clears throat> the Sunday after I got down there, and I think I got down there on a Wednesday. They yelled at me on the radio, and uh, first sergeant yelled at me on the radio and told me that there was another troop coming up to relieve me of my post. And it was probably about 15, 20 minutes later, another troop showed up and took over direct traffic, and I was relieved of my post, and I went back to the hotel, packed my stuff, and, and headed back. Now, I don't think I showered I think I just wore my BDUs all the way back, and I was filthy, for being out there all morning. And I actually was on the on Interstate 79 because I decided to take the interstate back up. I went down 219 or 119, whatever it is. Decided to come back up the interstate. Pretty sure I was on 79. I don't know, somewhere around Fairmont, I guess.
1: Somewhere in that area.
0: And because uh, I was north of Sutton, I'm pretty sure. And the vehicle comes up beside me in the passing lane. And they're pointing, yelling with their window down. I'm like, what the heck is this guy's problem? So I put my driver's window down. I said, yeah, can I help you? He's like, you're getting a flat tire. You're getting a flat tire. I'm like, what? He's like, your left rear tire, your driver's rear tire is going flat. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I'd been lucky because... We had been briefed the morning we went to briefing at Troop 6 headquarters that there was a lot of uh, cruisers getting damaged by all the debris and mainly it was flat tires. And they said if you got anything in your tires just to come over to Troop headquarters and they would put a new tire on it. No questions asked. Well, I got lucky. I, I was down there, you know, five days or whatever and didn't get anything in my tires. At least I didn't know I did. Well, apparently I picked up a nail or a screw somewhere and it didn't start going flat because I checked it every morning to make sure Till I got on 79 and start running it hard. And I might have picked it up that Sunday. I probably did when I left town. So I pull over there on 79 and the guy that was trying to flag me down pulls in behind me and he actually got out and helped me change my tire. That was a change because I changed many attire and helped many disabled murderers hidden to and from the academy for in-service or whatever. And, you know, in my home county, well, then home county, Hampshire County. So that was a big change, but uh, that that place was forever changed down there. And it it definitely changed me. It looked like a war zone down there. The bottom end of the town of Mullins had a, a water line on it that was probably about 10 foot up the building, and from what I understand, that there was 10 to 12 foot of water in that town within 45 minutes. It started raining at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and by 9.45, the locals told us they were either on their roof, in a boat, swimming, or dead because there was the water was too deep. It was that bad. So...